Hello and welcome to the Chronicles of Aguna, episode eight, brought to you by the Sofa Sports Podcast and the FNX Network. I'm your host, Harry Simiu, and on this edition, I'm joined by the one and only Chris Davison. Welcome back to the show, mate. How are you? Hi, mate. Yeah, I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm all good. Still trying to recover from yesterday, but but we're getting there, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and making his Chronicles debut is James Benj of the London Evening Standard. Welcome to the show. How have you been? I've been very well, yeah. Long day yesterday. Glad it's over, um, but looking forward to the next uh, chapter in the Arsenal crisis. <laughs> Never more than 45 minutes away from one, are we? So always plenty to talk about. Right. Arsenal fans all over the world are still waiting for our side to show up in the Carabao Cup final. To say that performance was disappointing is perhaps the understatement of the year. Chris, let's start by looking at the way we lined up. Did Arsene Wenger get his selection right, in your opinion? Three centre-backs, Ramsey and Wilshire in the same team, Chambers. What did you make of his initial selection? Well, I thought, I thought obviously, with um, the players we've got, I think it was, it was, a, it was a strong team. Um, the only the only thing I, I, I thought well surprised me a little bit is that he went he did go for Chambers instead of maybe putting Monreal in, in, in the back three and then obviously starting Kalasenak. Um But apart from that, I thought it was a very strong team. Obviously, um, Wilshere and Ramsey both starting together. I think it was the first time in three years. I think or something like that. Um, so I thought that was, a, that was a positive sign as well. Um, obviously, good to see a Yang in there as well um, up top. I thought you know it. it um, you know, give Man City some problems. Um, obviously, with with Ozil behind as well, I thought it was a, I thought it was a very strong side. Um, and I, I think I think when when we look back at yesterday, and I'm sure we'll we'll go into more depth um, in, into it in a minute. But I, I don't think it was anything. I don't think it was a problem with the lineup really. Um, I think it was uh, just more of the way we uh, we performed on the pitch. Yeah, James, from your point of view, what, what did you think of the initial selection? Were you happy with it? Did you think maybe was you surprised by any aspect of it? Yeah, I mean, certainly the Chambers decision was was a surprise, particularly on the basis of the, the way he played at Ostersund. I don't particularly see what Chambers had done to merit that performance for the game. Now, he proved me wrong in the first half, at least, where I thought he was Arsenal's best player. Um, but I, I was puzzled by quite a lot of that selection. Arsene Wenger said after the game that he felt that they needed an extra defender because they kept shipping goals. Um, when they play four at the back, but they keep shipping goals when they play three at the back, and they lost control everywhere else on the pitch by by playing that third centre back. And I mean, it was pretty obvious from the off that they were going to kind of sit deep. You know, basically it was a five four one, and, and they try and hit them Arsenal on the they had try and hit City on the counter, which is great in principle. But then he didn't really pick a team that was very good at counter attacking. I mean. You know, it is great for uh, anyone that follows Arsenal to see Jack Wilshere and Aaron Ramsey in the same team together. But look, the reality is, as much as he's struggling, if I'm going to play a counter-attacking game against Manchester City, I, I need to find a way of putting Danny Welbeck in that team. Yeah, he's been pretty woeful in two games against Ostersund, but he's a direct, powerful r- runner who can hold the ball up. And I mean, it was pretty clear from the off that that was something Arsenal were going to lack. It just felt like a really muddled team that was just designed to keep it at nil-nil for, for 60, 70 minutes. And, you know, I understand why Arsene Wenger might want to do that, but I'm sorry, and we'll discuss it on the game. The simple reality is Arsenal defenders cannot be relied upon to keep a clean sheet for over an hour. Yeah, totally agree. And I, I agree with what Chris said initially as well with in regards to the centre-backs. I, did, I, I was surprised that Monreal wasn't playing there and that 
neither Saad Kolasinac or Ainsley Maitland-Niles were put in that left wing back position, if you like, um, to try and make things a little bit sturdier. Um, but yeah, th that's an interesting point regarding Danny Welbeck, because at, like you said, when you look at that front line that we had, which was sort of Ozil, Wilshire, Aubameyang, you just think, other than Aubameyang, there's no real runner in there. And you need someone that's going to run into the channels and chase things down for you if you want to play that sort of game. Um, Arsene Wenger's come in for a great deal of criticism again, and rightly so. But Chris, surely the players have got to take responsibility for that performance because at times there were a number of them just strolling across the pitch. Yeah, um, totally agree. Um, but yeah, obviously the manager is always going to come under heavy criticism. But yesterday um, the players were were a disgrace, in my opinion. I, I don't, I don't. I don't usually go on a massive run and I don't usually lose it, but yesterday I lost it because it was a massive game. Um, the season, as it's gone on, hasn't hasn't been great, as we all know as well. Um, it's been pretty poor still. Um, you know, it doesn't look like we're making the top four. Um, so I thought to myself, look, we're, we've, we've got to the Carabao Cup final. You know, I think it's going to be against a, a top team in Man City. Obviously, they're... They're doing really well um, this season. Um, but I said, this, 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 if we're going to win a trophy this season, if it's not going to be all doom and gloom, you know, let's just go out there and, and you know, put in a really, really good performance. But there, there wasn't any of that. Was there? It was it, like, like you mentioned, the players just didn't look up for it. Um, you know, it, it was just, it was just very poor. I, I, mean, I was, I was watching it on Sky Sports and. Um, like Gary Neville just kept highlighting some of the players who were just walking and jogging around and um, just just didn't look just didn't look overly interested. Just didn't look like they were up for it at all. Um, and uh, I don't I don't blame the fans for walking out early. Um, you know, obviously um, loads of fans were very upset with, with with how we played. And you know, I'm I'm I'm, I'm sure it will still stay like that for for quite a while now because. There's, as they say, there's there's a way to lose. And yesterday, there was no fight from the team. There was no passion, and there was no quality. And it was it was very very disappointing to see in the you know lose in the manner we did. Um, I think, of course, Wenger is always going to come under some criticism. But you know, there's only um, certain things you can do when you're on that touchline. You've got to You've got to leave it up to your team. You've got to leave them when they go onto the pitch. You've got to let them just do their job. You know they've prepared for this all. You know all through last week, apart from the Europa League game, they, you know they knew they had a, a big cup final coming up. They the players needed to get their heads down. And you know what? You know apart from shouting out tactics on the touchline and obviously giving a bit of a kick up the backside at half time, Wenger can't do too much. And the players have got to take a big, you know, big responsibility for for the performance yesterday. Because um, it was disgraceful. Um, um, you know, there's been a lot of poor performances recently. Um, even the one at home against Dostersons early on last um, last week that was that was pretty poor. And I thought to myself then that we've, I know I know it's going to be a stronger team to play against Man City, but I said we've really got to up our game. Yeah. And um, we, we just didn't. We just it was it was shocking. I, 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 I being honest, I. I wasn't overly confident before the game yesterday because of our form, um, because of our consistency, if you like, and we were going to go up against a, a very strong and informed Man City side. Uh, so, but it's not just me. All the other fans said, 
realistic. All we want to do is see, all we want to see, sorry, is Arsenal and the team put in a real shift and make it hard for Manchester City. But yeah. there was, there was, it was totally the opposite. Yeah, completely agree. And it'd be interesting to see what sort of crowd turns up at the Emirates on Thursday night, won't it, against City again. Yeah. Um, James, what do you think regarding the player responsibility? I'm, a lot of people have been saying today that the um, the attitude of the players mirrors that of the manager. What do you make of that that comment? Yeah, yeah as you said, look, the two, the two things are really interlinked, but it it's the same issue. It's the same issue we've been talking about for... Since Patrick Vieira left the club, it's it's an issue of leadership. It's an issue of the fact that um, this club believes that it doesn't actually need leaders. That you know the whole team is capable as a cohesive unit of, of leading itself. And I'm sorry, but you know, as so often is the case, you know, covering these Arsenal games, you look around and when something goes wrong, there is no one in the Arsenal team who's able to or is empowered to stand up and take responsibility for what's going on. You know, if you look at who the, the captain is, was yesterday, it was Lauren Koscielny, who is simply not the sort of leader that Arsenal need. Arsenal needs someone like Tony Adams. And I appreciate that this feels like quite an old-fashioned thing to say. You know, and nowadays we all talk about the captain like it's not very important. Um, put it this way, Arsenal have won next to nothing since they kind of started devaluing the concept of club captaincy. I mean, what was amazing about the game on Sunday was that the club captain actually made the bench in Per Mertesacker. Um, Arsenal, I actually thought, as I've said before, they played quite well for 45 minutes. They had a game plan, which was, you know, not a particularly exciting one. It wasn't the sort we associate with Arsenal. It was, let's grind our way through this game, try and stay in it with 70 minutes to go. Um, as, I, as I said there, it's not really one that was going to work, but it's also, I think, about the only one you can apply if you're this Arsenal team against Manchester City. The, the reality is that what happened when they started coming under pressure is that the team panicked. Um, and part of that is down to the individuals there for not taking responsibility, but a lot of it's really down to the sort of structure around the club um, and the fact that there's no one they're taking responsibility when Arsene Wenger frees all these players to do whatever they want to express themselves creatively what he's also saying is there's no one here whose job it is to have a word when things start going wrong on the pitch and I look you know looking around at Wembley obviously you're transfixed by the the crowd kind of making their way to the exit and as Chris says there's nothing you can blame them for there but also these Arsenal players weren't talking to each other they were they weren't demanding more from each other and if they're not going to demand it from from each other then it's only the manager there who's able to do that it's the same old issues as a chronic lack of leadership and I mean I'd, I'd say to you how often how often have Arsenal turned a game around you know how often have they been a goal or two down against the top side and fought back into it through sort of sheer force of will um I, honestly I can't remember I honestly can't remember the last time they've managed to do anything like that and, and gain a result and it's it's clear this is a team that don't have the mental fortitude to, to compete at the top level. It's because there's no leaders in this team. Yeah, that's a fair point. Um, let's talk about City's opener, because Aguero just appeared to ease Mustafi out of the way. It was no way a foul, was it, Chris? Um, no, no, not in my opinion. It, it, I, I know I shouldn't, but it actually, it actually made me laugh when I saw <laughs> Mustafi just stand there and actually just... Um, try and get the referee's attention, just try and tell him that I got pushed, it was a foul, how was that not a foul? It made me laugh because it just highlighted how poor the defending was. Um, uh, you know, I've actually I've actually seen people disagree and say it is a foul. I know 
we're all entitled to our opinions, and I, most of them were Arsenal fans, and I know they were angry. But I'm sorry, you can't you can't give a foul for that. There, there was I know that there was um, I didn't see it at first when watching the game yesterday, but there was an image um, that popped up uh, on Twitter um, this morning. Um, uh, it, it Shu Aguero looking at Mustafi as the ball was coming down. Um, and they, they were saying that he made contact with Mustafi. Aguero knew exactly what he was doing, he, and he, he wanted to push him out of the way. But it was there was no, it was hardly any push or anything. Uh, Mustafi's got to be so much better than that. Um, and just you know, well, not just Mustafi as well, but the whole defence. You know, their awareness to the whole situation there to be so much better. It was just, it was very poor. It was a very poor, very poor goal to concede. And then, as um, uh, the commentators yesterday pointed out. Ospina as well was very unsure what, what he should do. He was sort of um, just jogging on the on, on the spot when the ball was coming down, and he, he saw the, the staff he had let Aguero through, and then he decided to come forward. But he was like, "Oh no, I shouldn't come forward." And he went back again. So that gave him a little bit of a disadvantage as well. I don't think anyone at the back really knew what was going on. Um, but yeah, definitely not. Well, for me, definitely not a foul. It was just very, very poor and schoolboy defending. Yeah, well, just, just I just wanted to uh, to stick up a bit for for Ospina there because I mean I you know he's going to get stick for conceding three goals, but I was just thinking, what on earth can you do? I mean, I've I've never seen a, a defender do what Mustafi did. It, it left Ospina kind of in this impossible situation where you know do you do you run and try and outpace Aguero or do you you stay on your line and wait for him to beat you there? I mean, there was realistically there was nothing Ospina could do and. You know, Chris made a very good point there that, you know, Aguero was looking and he knew where Mustafi was. The issue is Mustafi didn't have a clue where Aguero was until the ball was kind of moving over his head. Um, you know, a smart defender there, just if he's at all worried, he just leads with an elbow, maybe takes the yellow card. And, you know, he lived the fight another day. It was, oh, I've seen some stupid Arsenal defending in my time, but this is honestly the, one of the most stupid. Yeah. James, what do you, what do you make of, of Shkodran Mustafi? Because... There has been games this season where he's come out and looked like an absolute hero. And there's been other games where he's looked like, you know, we bought him in, in, in Lidl. Uh, so I, I just don't know what to make of him. I, sometimes I think he's brilliant. Most of the time I think he's poor. Um, and I, I, I'm still not sure where I stand with him. Well, you're spot on. Um, I think he is, he is the, the archetypal modern Arsenal player in that he's a good player. Uh, and I'm really convinced there's something in there to work with. There's some great raw materials. He's still 24, 25, but he's clearly not being coached. It's as simple as that. Like, you know, he is making the same mistakes time and time again. Um, you know, there was a moment in the first half where he came kind of sprinting out to try and compete with Aguero, who had his back to goal and was no real threat. Um, Mustafi breaks the line and City then work it round to the left. I think it was the one that ended with De Bruyne hitting the side netting. And what's bizarre about that is, you know, that Arsenal were at Wembley two, three weeks ago, losing to Tottenham, and he did the exact same thing and he nearly scored an own goal. You know, someone, and I've, I've seen him do this half a dozen times this season, someone somewhere on, in the Arsenal coaching staff needs to be talking to him and saying, Squadron, what are you doing? You don't need to be chasing these balls on the halfway line. Not least because he's, he's not quick, but he's not incredibly slow. I mean, there's no particular reason to not just hold your ground. Yeah, I do. I, players like him and Jack, and I'm sure we'll come to come on to talk about the manager before the end of this pod. I almost think you have to just 
wipe the slate with them when when Arsene Wenger eventually goes because it's been it's, they've not been really prompted to improve themselves. Yeah. He could do he could be a lot better. He could be a lot better of his own volition, but kind of under the current management setup, where no one's really coaching him that hard to improve, I kind of don't feel like it's entirely his fault. Yeah. Do you guys think he reminds you a bit of Thomas Vermeilen? Because he, with me, he reminds me of Thomas Vermeilen. Yeah. He's got that. He's very comfortable on the ball. He can get a goal now and again, but as a defender, he just seems so kamikaze and so sort of as if he leads with his head. It's like a head rush all the time. Yeah, I know, I know what you mean. Like, he, he, he shows his potential sometimes, but then other games he looks like a complete donkey. Um, <laughs> and I, you know, I, I hope, I hope he, he does improve. I mean, like um, James was saying, some of these players aren't, aren't you know, being or getting coached um, like they should be. Um, and I said, I don't know if you remember, Harry, I said to you um, a couple of weeks back when I was, was on with Claude, I said, I, I asked, you know, do you see some of these players that are getting criticism, which sometimes is unfair criticism, do you see them improving? Um, if Benga or someone like Steve Boulders in charge, who, sort, who is meant to be sorting out the defence, because I said, I, I personally don't see them improving whilst, whilst um, certain people are stood at the club. But... Um, uh, you know, I think the stuff he will improve if he if he you know um, gets coached in the right way. I think many of our players will improve. Some of our players, we've obviously talked about consistency of their performances, um, but yet you know they're they're not performing um, very well regularly at all. Um, but then the next week they're 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 getting a man the match or something like that because of they've been they've been great. Um, so there's there's certainly something going on there. Um, I mean, we can talk about player consistency with certain individuals, but I think you know the team consistency is, is just as bad. Um, so yeah, I, I see where you're coming from with that Marlon Mustafi thing. You know, sometimes you know he, he can look really good, um, but then um, I mean, it's, it's just like when, when he joined from Valencia, he, he was he was solid. Um, he was brilliant. Um, and, you know. I saw the other day that Arsenal tweeted when they just asked they sign him and once they played a few matches, they're like, oh, we've gone on an unbeaten round when Mustafi's in the team. And then I said, obviously, yesterday someone brought that up about how, how times have changed. It, 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 that's been the one thing, problem about this Arsenal team as well. Um, you know, just how quickly things things can change for us, um, performing very, very well one week. and. And putting a, a sort of performance in like that, like that yesterday, um, I just I, I don't know what you put it down to. I just it's get, it's even getting me me confused. It's getting a lot of people confused and just you know fed up in the end. Uh, and I can't wait for to you know some answers. So, so I just want someone to come out of the club and just say, look, we haven't been do, maybe we've been doing this right. We haven't been doing that right. There's, there's some there's, there's, maybe we can do that a bit better. Yeah, so just another thing about this football club at the moment is just there's there's no one coming out and and you know saying what's going on because it is it is becoming so repetitive and it's becoming so boring um, and so frustrating and you know, I I really do feel sorry for everyone that paid for a ticket yesterday. I, I mean, they for the money they were going out. I know people, the majority of people, the fans paid seventy two pound to go and watch that or something around that. Even more people paid more for, um, you know, other tickets as well. I just, I feel so sorry 
to them um, because we deserve so much better as fans, yeah. and we pay pay what the highest season ticket prices or some of the most highest ticket prices in football, and it there's 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 just nothing changing, and um, I think we 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 are we are being made to look silly sometimes. Um, we've been made to look like a bit of a joke sometimes as well because there's just there's there's no communication with the football club and the fans sometimes there's just nothing um oh, i don't know i don't know um i'll pass it back to you harry before i keep even going on further <laughs> because it's just it's just getting so frustrating now it is frustrating and, and like you said about those who paid for tickets yesterday i i know a couple of friends who paid close to 300 pounds each to sit in the club wembley section because it was the only way they could get a ticket and you know to go there and see your team perform like that is is heartbreaking because like you said earlier on there is a way to lose and and the way we lost yesterday certainly wasn't wasn't the right way um james this is your debut on the show so um it'd be interesting to find out what your stance is on, on wenger and whether you think he should have gone at the end of last season or not and um, i remember at the FA Cup final, I mean, that was, you know, someone that covers Arsenal is a very special moment to see because, you know, you, you develop an enormous amount of respect for these people. And I mean, even there, I, I asked him, I said, isn't this the the perfect happy ending, the perfect high to go out on? And he said, you know, there's no such thing. Well, there is. And he, he's had two. Um, and I think, you know, on both occasions, the... 2014 FA Cup final and the 2017 FA Cup final, you know, the, the stars aligned in such a way that he could have made the, the exit, he, you know, in the right way. I don't particularly have an opinion whether or not he should stay or go. Um, what I think I would like is, you know, I think what he he would like and what would be an ideal situation is that he find there is a right moment to go. And I don't really see that there's going to be now. Um, and actually, I think his options are really, really diminishing. Um, you know, if he wins the Europa League, maybe that becomes that. But yeah, he's 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 said in the AGM back in October he'd review his situation. But we also know he's a manager that really believes in the sanctity of contracts. And you know, if he will not leave, I don't think. But then you get into an incredibly awkward situation in a year's time if there's not a dramatic upswing and if Arsenal aren't bound for the Champions League. I don't really believe that Ivan Gazidis would offer him a new contract, which is effectively a sacking. Uh, and, you know, we know the Arsenal board are absolutely loath to sack Arsene Wenger. They respect him hugely. Um, and I think that would be the worst scenario for all parties. I don't think even the most staunch of Wenger out Arsenal fans, the Piers Morgans, the some of the people on Arsenal fan TV of this world, I don't think even they would want Arsene Wenger to be, you know, chucked out, told you're not wanted here anymore. So I think it's incumbent on him to find a way out that works for him. Um, and as I say, those options are really, really shrinking and potentially his best his best option now, whether it's, whether it's winning the Europa League or not, is to be honest with the fan base and say... I don't think I'm the right man to take this club forward. Um, do I believe he will ever do that? No. But I think that, that the best thing he can do is look really long and hard in the mirror, ask himself that question, because um, 
I think that that's probably what Arsenal, a lot of Arsenal fans, the majority of people now believe that he's not really the right man. He deserves enormous respect. He commands that respect and he, you know, he gives respect and takes respect as he deserves it. But, you know, he's he's running a very dangerous, playing a very dangerous game here that can potentially end in him going in a way that does not befit a man who's achieved all this over 20 years. For me, I, I, I think he needs to see that he is not the right man to lead Arsenal anymore, but I don't think he will. Yeah, that's, that's a really right. bad answer to the question whether I'm Wenger in or out. I do understand. <laughs> it's all right. You're, you're, you're well and truly on the fence. Well well <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. Um, guys, look, they, I mean, there's no shame in losing to Manchester City. I mean, it, let's be realistic. They've been fantastic all season. Um, but we've spoken about the manner in which we lost and and how spineless and, and toothless and frankly embarrassing we were. Um We've got City to come again on Thursday, this time in the Premier League. Chris, how do you see this one going? Do you see it as the perfect opportunity to prove a point or do you see it as the last fixture we would want now? Uh, um, do you know what? I've, I've, there's actually been a few players now, only now just coming out on social media and, and saying what I, I thought they would say. Um, saying that we've, we've really got a proof and people wrong now, really got to turn turn this around um, and show show what we can and are capable of. Um, but even even again, how many times have we heard that now um, this season? How many times have the players come out and said that wasn't good enough this week, we go again next 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 week and put in a better performance and be stronger and blah blah blah. Um, we're going to have to be on, on top of our game, aren't we, to, to, to beat Man City again. I think um, whether Man City are home or away, they're playing their, their beautiful and fantastic entertaining football every week, um, regardless. Um, so, we're gonna, we're, again, we're going to have to be on, on top of our game. Confidence um, is, is going to be very low. Um, although, like you said, maybe, you know, um, we, is it time to get revenge? I think the players will, will sort of look at it in that way. But, um, well, I mean, if, if we win, fantastic. You know, it makes things a little bit easier, I guess, um, trying to push up the table. Although, you know, even if, we, you know, it's, it's so tough, isn't it? With the, the, the table this season, the teams that are all doing very well above us, um, uh, if we win, that's fantastic. But, um, I just, I just can't see us getting a result from the game. Um, and I think, I think, um, Majority of Arsenal fans, are just because we're so low on, on confidence, you know. Because there's, there's even, um, I know you mentioned it'd be interesting to see how many fans turn up to the game. But I've, I've spoken to a lot of lot of Arsenal fans that are that are not even going to bother going because um, they're just they're obviously so frustrated with yesterday's result and they're just fed up with the the lack of lack of consistency in the team, and the inconsistency around the football club, you know. It's, um, disappointment after disappointment. Um, so they're they're not even going to to bother go going to the game, which I find is you know is is, is sad. But who who can um, who can argue with them at the minute, really? Um, uh, but I'd rather see fans that want to to be there obviously go. But I don't have a problem with the fans that are going to say, look, I'm not going to bother this week. We don't, you know, the, the fans, the, the team doesn't deserve deserve us to be there. Um, 
But look, um, in regards to the game itself, I just, like I said, um, I think we're going to have to be on top of our game. And I just think um, our, our confidence would have taken a, a big, big knock now. Um, I'm, I'm, again, I'm going to, just like I said before the cup final yesterday, I'm, I'm going to hope we, we put in a good performance and and um, and, and get, a, get a good result. But the funny thing will be, be Harry, is that we'll, we'll go in and put a good performance on, on um, when we play Man City and uh, maybe get a win. And then the fans, the fans still won't be happy. Um, they'll be they'll be questioning the team as to why they they done that um, now when they when they you know didn't play like that in, in the cup final. If if we do play well. Um, there's going to be, and unfortunately, for, probably for the remainder, or for the majority of the remainder of the season now, there's going to be, there's going to be a lot of un- unrest and um, uh, a lot of questions being asked. Um, on top of already the, the many questions being asked now, um, so um, it will be interesting to see how the team has been affected by by yesterday. Um, you know, they will be hurting just just like us. Um, they will be very disappointed and very angry. Um, but all, like, like I said, it'll be interesting to see how that sort of um, affects their performances. Yeah. I mean, I mentioned, you mentioned it as well about the crowd. I know for a fact that that game's gone on general sale, which is unbelievable mm. when you think about it. A game of that magnitude against the league leaders to go on general sale. It's, it's almost unheard of. Um, yeah. James, what do you make of, of this whole thing about fans staying away is it just a bit of a point for me it seems a bit pointless because at the end of the day those who have paid for their season tickets have paid already and it doesn't really hurt the club in the slightest does it if those people don't turn up um i think you'd be surprised um the club don't like the empty seats it it makes for a bad product and you know i mean i sometimes get a bit of grief for doing this on twitter but you know whenever i'm at the game there and it's literally almost a game by game basis now you can't help but kind of take a snapshot of the half empty upper tier of the, the clock end or the, the North bank. And it is, I mean, it's got to the stage now where there's, I don't bother because it's just not newsworthy anymore. Like Arsenal stadium, the Arsenal ground is a bit empty. Is no one's surprised anymore. Um, and it's, yeah, it doesn't make for a good product. And I mean, there's also a practical point that Arsenal need to address that it's a real shame because they're not getting younger fans in because these people are staying away and the tickets aren't going on sale until the last minute. Um, but I think it also, you know, if you look back to what it was like this time last year, just after the first Bayern Munich defeat, I guess, um, possibly around the time of that bizarre West Brom game where there were about 15 planes in the air. And there was a sense of, it might have been a sort of slightly lunatic fringe element to it, but, you know, there was a sense of mutiny that, you know, this, we won't put up with this anymore. Something has to change, demanding change. That's not, that doesn't exist anymore. And I think the worry is people are just giving up. They're kind of, there's there's no willingness to fight against, you know, Arsenal's decline. There's almost a sort of acceptance, you know, that Arsenal are the sixth best team in England. And, that you know, that's, I don't think any Arsenal fan at all thinks it's good enough. I just don't think they believe that they're making a fuss about it will, will have any real impact, that, that really it's kind of down to Wenger or whoever to, kind of make their own position untenable. But I think that's a real worry for for Arsenal, the club, that the kind of fan base is just giving up. There's no... There's do, you no feel like, do you feel like that's because 
like we said earlier on, someone who who deserves as much respect as Arsene Wenger is in the middle of this. You know, had this been a manager who's been at the club for two years and things haven't gone his way, then I think nobody would think twice about having a go at him about mm. protesting. Do you think that some fans are reluctant to do so because of the fact that Arsene Wenger is such a club legend? Because whatever he does from now on, he still will always go down in Arsenal's history books. Yeah, and there was always... See, when the... When the sort of protests were happening two years ago, I remember that big time for change one where everyone was going to hold up the plastic, you know, the, the paper banners saying time for Wenger to go. And actually that, you know, the, the Emirates came out chanting one Arsene Wenger, which you never hear anymore. Um, and even last year, there was a kind of, there was a fight back and there were a lot of Arsenal fans were like, you're wrong, you shouldn't be doing this, have some respect. And I think now it's just all like, I think, there's a consensus really among Arsenal supporters that I speak to that, you know, that Wenger's time has been and gone and it's just waiting. They're, they're waiting now. They all, they all know that the end is in sight, whether it's this season or next. They know that if things stay the way they are, Arsene Wenger won't hang around and they're not really willing to force the issue anymore because, you know, it's pretty clear that no one will really take their opinion on board. I mean, you know, that would be the criticism of the Arsenal hierarchy is that for all that they do fantastic work to engage with the fans, when the fans get really upset and they really want to raise an issue and you could debate, and I do debate with people from Arsenal, just how many people want Wenger to go, but that's when they go stony silent and, and shut things down. And I think that, I mean, you know, Chris mentioned that. It's a real problem, that um, the lack of communication from the from the club beyond Arsene Wenger, who just ends up being a bit of a punching bag for for the players, for the board, for everyone, because he's the only person that really speaks on a regular basis to us. Yeah. Um, guys, my final question for this week's episode, and I'm going to put this to you first, Chris. Um, do you think not winning the, the Carabao Cup is a bit of a blessing in disguise? Because would it have been another thing for the board to hide behind and Arsene Wenger to hide behind where they would have turned around and said, you're all complaining, but we've won four trophies in five years. Do you think that losing... Not in the manner we did, but not winning that cup was a bit of a blessing in disguise. Do, do, do you know what, Aaron? I think you actually could have a very good point there because that, that is exactly what I, I think the, the board would do. Saying, oh, look, you, you all complain and all that, and you know, maybe we didn't get in the top four and we got knocked out of the FA Cup, blah, blah, blah. But we won the Carabao Cup trophy. I mean, come on, guys. I mean, oh, that would, that, honestly, it wouldn't put me past me if the board done that and the rest happened. So, um, Yes, I think you, you, you could have a point um, because we know we know what our board are like and um, the relationship they have with, with Mr. Wenger himself. Um, they, they are very close to him, um, and um, they've put a lot of trust in him before, even when things have gone terribly wrong, um, and they they haven't left, listened to the to the fans, and they've just gone with what they wanted to do at the end of the day. So yes, um, I think um, I think you, you're right there. Um, but um, it would have been. I mean, I'm sure you you'll agree as well. You and James will agree. It would have been nice to to see us win a trophy this season. Obviously, you're not going to rule out the Europa League just yet. But again, um, with current form um, and with current moods and fans are in, I'm not even uh, you know confident with that at the moment. Um, so yeah, yes, I am. Um, I, I do sort of agree with you there. It's a sort of blessing in disguise a little bit because now, um, as much as I, I, I'll say again, um, you know, I've got huge respect for what Wenger has done for the club. I'm never that person 
I know there's, there's different people taking different ways and stuff, but I'm never that person um, yelling abuse at Wenger or even the players. I'm not that sort of fan, you know, as much as I think he, he, he needs to move on, as much as I, uh, I believe we need change now, I won't going around, go around and, um, and abusing everyone. But, um, yeah, it sort of does give... Um, us fans, and hopefully the board will now even realise a bit more than they did before that what is going on now isn't good enough, um, and um, it's, it's got it's got to change quickly. Yeah, James, what do you make of that? Do you do you think it was a bit of a blessing in disguise, or am I just trying to make myself feel bad? <laughs> I, I haven't thought of it before, but actually, I think it's a, a really good point, and I think on balance, I I do agree with you. Just looking back to those FA Cup wins, as much as they were fantastic moments for Arsenal fans and really excellent achievements, particularly um, the 2017 final and even getting to the, the 2014 and 2015 finals the way they got there. But it it, it masked an awful lot of issues. It uh, was a... You know, Arsenal descended into being a cup team and no one quite noticed because it's really great when you win cups. But ultimately, if you're Arsenal Football Club, as, as tough as it might be, you're there to win the Premier League, and I, th- this Arsenal team isn't anywhere near doing that under under the current manager. I mean, they're going to have to punch above their weight, whoever's in charge. But yeah, going back to your point, Arsenal are justifiably immensely proud of their heritage in in cup competitions, in the FA Cup in particular, and I do think that kind of being able to parade silverware last season when Manchester City didn't have any, when Tottenham didn't have any. And, you know, obviously that's always something to bear in mind, Arsenal fans, you know, it might not be going great, but Tottenham aren't winning any trophies either. Um, I think that was a sort of, it, it, it masked those really fundamental issues. It, it allowed pro the, the, the illusion of progress to be portrayed when actually Arsenal were falling backwards. Um, I do wonder if the same then might be, end up being true of the Europa League. The difference there is that Arsenal are not a team with a European track record, and I would think a lot of fans could, a lot of fans' opinions on a lot of things might change if Arsenal win the Europa League. But let's be frank: at the moment, as much as Arsenal are a very good cup team, right now that looks a million miles away from happening. Yeah, totally agree. Right, that brings us to the end of episode eight. A massive thank you to Chris Davison for joining us again. Chris, do you want to tell us a little bit about what you do in your Twitter handle? Um, yeah, it's at C11 Davison. Um, just posting regular updates and on, on all things Arsenal, the, on the, um, all of the latest news on there. So be sure to follow me on there to, to keep updated. Great stuff. And a massive thank you to James of the London Evening Standard making his debut on the show. James, pleasure to have you on. Do you want to tell us a little bit about what you do and how people can keep up to date? Yeah, thanks for having me on. Uh, my Twitter handle is at James Benj, and my editors would kill me if I didn't say uh, go to standard.co.uk slash football. Um, obviously, I would say this, but it does help that I also believe it. I genuinely think we have the best coverage of the top London teams of anywhere in the country, um, and we'll have a lot more over the coming days. So do please come over there, uh, read our articles, help our light, uh, you know, and, and you know, get in t- touch with us. We're always great to hear from Arsenal fans. 
Brilliant. Good stuff. So don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at Chronicles underscore AFC. You can subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever else you get your podcast from. And please be sure to leave us a review. Those reviews really do help us climb up the rankings. Until next time, sayonara. <laughs>